to the No Degree! Hello and welcome. My name is Brendan and I'm your host for this episode of The No Degree, which is about roles. Um, this, this episode is, uh, I guess, specifically me setting myself a challenge. Can I make up an episode about any random word? And we needed something that went with an episode about rocks. So, rolls. Um, so, it's going to be an exciting tour of all the aspects of rolls. Uh, and to take on that challenge, I have assembled a... a team of nerds who are experts on all things roles. So uh, let's, let's meet our nerds and we will start with this team. Um, kia ora, my name's Moata. Um, I feel really embarrassed because I actually ate a croissant at lunchtime rather than a roll. Um, and I, did you want us to say what our dream role was? Oh yeah, Bring please. You? Tell me your dream role. Um, my dream role would be um, I've just <clears throat> been to see Thor, Ragnarok, which was <laughs> awesome and amazing. So my dream role would be helmet wrangler for Tom Hiddleston. And it wasn't until I just said it that I realised it actually sounded a lot ruder than I, <laughs> than I yeah. had it intended. Uh, I just think it's a really cool like, those, helmet. And it's with got, those big horns. Yeah, the horns. Yeah, you it just gets both, worse. both hands on the horns? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you just wrangle that helmet? Like, when he wasn't... I could just... Because I'd get to wear, maybe wear the helmet when he's not wearing the helmet. Yeah, so you pull and it off would... him too sometimes? <laughs> I, I think that would be part of my duties, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, Give it a good polishing. Definitely have to buff that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've embarrassed myself All right, and my whole family. That's, that's, uh, that's excellent. Cool. Uh, my name is Jeff Clark. I'm a writer, comedian and improviser. And uh, my dream role would be um, a 12-inch roasted garlic <laughs> meatball <laughs> with... Um, Why you've corrupted everything? Everything with, like, everything except for jalapenos and pickles and then just a little bit of barbecue and um, ranch dressing. Yeah. That's my dream role. Okay, okay. Uh, so together you are forming a team. What team is that? How many nerds you know roll like this? <laughs> Not Ladies and gentlemen, how many nerds you know roll like this? I don't know anybody. Uh, <laughs> and opposing them, we have... Hello, I'm Kathleen. Um, I'm actually an actress, and my dream... I know, right? Um, and my dream role is um, the same role that all actors dream of, and it's a rollover. Which, if you don't know in the acting world, it's the easiest way for an actor to get free money that doesn't come from wins. So, that's my dream. It's, so, it's like when... An- it's like when they buy your image for a year for an ad campaign and then they want to use it for two years and then you don't have to do shit and you just get paid again. So, that's so my dream. selling your face. Yeah, selling my body. That's my dream. <laughs> Uh, my name's Dan Bain, I'm the Associate Director of the Court Theatre My job is selling actresses' bodies <laughs> Symbiotic relationship Yeah, some might say parasitic um, So wait, which of true. you is the shark and which one is swimming in the gills? Is the, mm-hmm. the remora Yeah um, I'm, I'm not sure. What's your dream role? My dream role is, of course, um, a cheese roll. Um, Scarfies represent. 
All right, very simple, straightforward. Yep. Together you have formed a team. Uh, what's that team? Um, we are named after the height of dramatic parts that Dan can aspire to as an actor. We are Team Hamroll. <laughs> <laughs> team Hamroll! Okay, we are also joined by uh, someone uh, in the booth who is going to be keeping track of the scores and making sure things don't get too out of hand. So please welcome Karen Healy. Hello. Hey, Karen, how's it going? Pretty good. I can't hear very well. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, you'll, you'll be able to hear it later on the podcast. It's fine. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, let's get into our first round. That is the Nerd Quotient round. I will be asking you a variety of questions on the topic of roles. Wow. Mm. First question. In Egypt, what was the important role that bread played? Well, I... <laughs> oh, did we buzz for it? Okay. Yes, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff thought it was his turn to just answer it. <laughs> uh, I was straight in there. Better be good. That's shit. Um, it's, it's for putting in tombs with dead people. Now, that is true. They would put bread in uh, tombs with dead people. Yes. Uh, so, points for that. There was another function that bread also played in Egypt. Yes. Food? <laughs> for eating, just to clarify. Food I actually, for eating. I actually don't have that down here. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> was, was it a form of currency? It was a form of currency. Mm. Yes. So presumably they did eat it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is this bread leavened or unleavened? Mm. Oh, we're oh, getting biblical here. It's Passover time. <laughs> time for a lamb and to eat some lamb and some unleavened bread and put some blood on my door so the angel of death doesn't kill my firstborn child. Wow. 20 points, please. <laughs> you can have a point for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, bread had such an important function in Egypt that it would be used as currency, it would be placed in the tombs of the dead. Uh, But this tradition of using bread as currency went on for a long time. In Middle Ages France, bakers were powerful credit brokers who would loan out bread as currency. Um, How long would they loan it for? Just like three-day max? (laughs) I I guess this was a longer-lasting bread. Uh, It would have to be... uh, so King Louis IV said, he who controls a nation's bread is a greater ruler than he who controls their souls. Is that why we still call it bread? Is that why we still call it bread? Because well, bread is a word for money, right? Oh, right. Yeah, oh, bread, yeah. Well, dough. Crust. Um, mm. Yeah, well, okay. Upper crust. And, mm. Yes. Um, so Rye. Everyone's just saying bread things. <laughs> I just wanted to be part of it. Okay, well, I have a question about that then. Uh, so we all know that the outer part of bread is called the crust. Mm-hmm. What's the inner part called? What's the word for the part of bread that is not the crust? Uh, the yolk. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The good bit. <laughs> Intestines. <laughs> yeah, that brings new meaning when you just rip out that, that middle part. The white majority. <laughs> the inner part of the bread is called the crumb. Uh, and so the small bits uh, of bread uh, are called crumbs because they are from the crumb. Mm. What about crumbs oh, yeah, that are made of crust? crust? Crusty crumb. Yeah, crust crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> 
crusts, I guess. And, and, the, and the crust is the bit that gives you the curly hair. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And, that's what my mum always told me. And what me. does the crumb give you? <laughs> Itchy pants. <laughs> yes. All right, next question. Engineer Ron Toomer designed 93 different roller coasters. Why was this an unusual career choice for him? He was blind. Uh, he wasn't blind, no. He suffered from vertigo. It's pretty close. Yeah, he suffered from extreme motion sickness, so he was not able to ride on any of his roller coasters. Well, it's, like a, it's like a coffin designer. <laughs> you know, you could be the world's greatest coffin designer, but you never actually get to use your own. I mean, I reckon you could lie in it. Well, he could probably lie on the roller coaster. Just couldn't be going. Yeah. Like, he wouldn't get the full appreciation of the, you know, the roller. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what does your preference for over or under rolling with toilet paper say about you? <laughs> Whether or not you want the germs from the wallpaper on your asshole, that's what that says about you. It's like wiping it on the wallpaper before you get. You've got it always over. So you're a definite over roller. Always. Interesting. That tells me something about you. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, is it is it is it different if you're in the northern hemisphere? <laughs> uh, n- not as far no. as I know. Um, so who who here is an over roller? Yeah, me. Who's it? We should probably say if we are, because they can't hear us. Oh, for the benefit oh. of those at home, Dan Bain, overrolls. <laughs> <laughs> I too overroll, Dan Bain. I overroll that. <laughs> Objection. Overroll. <laughs> overroll. Moata, are you an underroller? I, I honestly... Or a not carer? Yeah, I'm completely agnostic. I don't... <laughs> okay, I can, I, can I just check with the audience? Who's an overroller? Reasonable uh, Okay, and yeah. who's an underroller? Oh, one lonely underroller. Um, Are you Australian? What does it mean, Brendan? Let's mean? do some bullying. <laughs> well, yeah, this is going to sound bad now. Um, oh. <laughs> oh no! I think I think my wife is an underroller because it keeps on getting turned around, or it could just be the antics of my children. But um, it keeps oh. getting switched around. I have to switch it back antics. every time. So, according to research, people with higher income generally prefer their toilet paper to be unravelled over the roll, while those with lower income prefer it to go under. <laughs> oh, as, so as, rich right yeah. now. As what? members of the highly lucrative <laughs> theatre industry, we're one hundred percent. Wait, is this a case of ass divide? Oh. Ass warfare? No. Okay. They're not all winners. My puns aren't all winners. I did all the good ones in the previous episode. <laughs> did you? <That's> debatable. <laughs> <laughs> what links the downfall of Manuel Noriega, Apple iOS seven? And about $12 from YouTube. What links the downfall of Manuel Noriega, Apple iOS 7, and about $12 from YouTube? Uh, oh. Uh, one million downloads. One million downloads. Explain. Uh, that's what, you, uh, like a million hits on YouTube only gets you f- fuck all money. Um, what were the other ones? The downfall of Manuel Noriega. Yep. Um, so he was someone whose downfall was by people watching something on the internet a million times. There we go. Mm-hmm. And the last one is the number of times that that iOS has been downloaded. Interesting. The actual number anyone? one million may not be correct. Uh, yep. Uh, anyone else uh, want to? Um, or do you just want to give this up? It has something to do with roles. Yes, mm. it does. It does. Yeah. Okay. 
Come on, Jeff. So am I going to let you down on this one? Uh, I would like to... Oh. Um, I would like to change my answer to one million down rolls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel, like, I feel like you're just giving me the run around here. Um... Okay, no. you're gonna give up? No. You should never. <laughs> Boom! Yeah. Uh, they've been, uh, no, Rick rolled. Rick rolls. Rick rolls. Number of views of Rick roll. Uh, number of who's a Rick roll. Rick and Morty. RickandMorty.com. I, I will give you points if you will stop. <laughs> Yay! Yes. These three things are linked, are linked, are linked by Rick Astley's song, Never Gonna Give You Up. Uh, so, um, he, uh, his, the, the amount of money that he has got from the YouTube plays of his song is about $12, uh, apparently. Wow. Um, because he didn't compose the song, he only gets the performer's share of the sound recording copyright. Mm-hmm. So, not very much. Um, the uh, Apple iOS 7, um, there was uh, a section of their uh, control center, like in the instructions... Uh, it showed you how to use the music player, and the example that they used was Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up, uh, thus Rick rolling everyone who downloaded it. And finally, um, in 1989, uh, the United States invaded Panama in the hopes of capturing the country's dictator, Manuel Noriega. Uh, he, however, took sanctuary in the Vatican embassy. Oh, and they played it at him. Yes, as a form of psychological warfare. That's right. <laughs> yep. They played uh, a ser- uh, They set up speakers all around it and they played music, including uh, Never Gonna Give You Up. So that was in 1989, so mm-hmm. quite an early Rick rolling. I've got a fact about that. Okay. That song, Brendan. Um, the music video um, director, he directed music videos and some commercials. Uh, and when they were looking around for a director for a very big budget Jerry Bruckheimer film, they, they were looking specifically for that kind of director. And so the guy who directed the Never Gonna Give You Up music video, which I'm sure everybody can recall, very atmospheric, very... Um, I lots may of have exploding, seen it once or twice. <laughs> exploding buses, helicopters, movement. planes and so on, um, ended up directing Con Air, the movie. <laughs> So yeah. the director of Conair also directed the video for Never Gonna, Never Gonna Give, Give You Up. That is correct. Mm. So sad. The latest any, Empire magazine. Does he have anything on his CV between those two <laughs> points? <laughs> or either side yeah, of or either side. <laughs> It's a does very he need diverse anything else on his portfolio. CV? He's really run the gamut there. Yeah. Um, that is fascinating. I will give you points for that, and I will assume that it's true. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That brings us to the end of the Nerd Quotient round. Karen, what are the scores? Oh, it's a good question, Brendan. The scores are like this. How many nerds you know roll like this? Have an amazing two points. Yes. Well, slightly above them, due to the uh, incredible class differences of the theatre industry, Team Hamroll have four points. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Team Hamroll. All right, uh, so I have set the nerds some homework. I have asked them each to imagine a scenario in which a famous role has been recast. So um, let's see. Kathleen, I would like you to start. Okay. Uh, you, you have a look of 
terrified panic in your eyes. I don't, I don't do homework. Um, so I'm a big fan of The Walking Dead, and um, my friend is watching it for the first time, so it's like great hearing his updates about his experience. And this last week he keeps on saying, I can't wait for Tegan to show up. And he's really excited about Tegan showing up. Rather and than Negan. Rather than yeah, Negan. Yeah. Are there any Walking Dead fans in the audience? One, two, awesome. So two people might think this is amusing. Um, that's good. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I was like, well, Tegan to me, Tegan is the name of like every American Valley Girl cheerleader that I've ever heard of in my <laughs> lifetime. So I'm like, in my mind, I imagine Negan being played by Tegan, and which totally makes sense because they're like both like narcissistic, um, like manipulative bitches um, and who uh, really like choreographed physical routines with sports equipment. <laughs> <laughs> So she would have like a, a pom pom with she would have a pom pom with barbed wire. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, how I see that. Did I do my homework right? <laughs> we'll find out. One person thinks that. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out because we're going to hear from Jeff's homework, and he's got a printed out A4 sheet. Oh my uh, god! So I, I do. Just like school. <laughs> I do. It's just like when Jeff went to girls' height with me. <laughs> Take it away, Jeff. Indiana Jones, a retrospective. As we await the fifth instalment of the Indiana Jones series, now is the time to look back at the highly successful franchise. I think that we can all agree that the first movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark, was destined to be a blockbuster smash with its dream team of Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and of course, the now iconic leading man, Tom Selleck. (laughs) Who would have thought that this relative unknown would completely change the face of the 80s? Literally, as the success of the film saw many young men growing thick, lustrous moustaches to be more like their silver screen idol. Selleck is now synonymous with Indy, just as Lance Hendrickson is with The Terminator. A fun piece of trivia is that Selleck almost didn't get the role due to a contract for the TV show Magnum P.I., which, fortunately for him, ended up being delayed due to a writer's strike. Luckily, David Hasselhoff ended, over, ended up taking over the role of Magnum, and Selleck was able to take up the role of Indiana Jones changing his career. It's hard to imagine anyone else in the trademark fedora and jacket now, or anyone else engaging in that crackling will-they-won't-they they banter with his love interest Marion, portrayed by Sean Young, or swapping wisecracks with Danny DeVito's Sulla. <laughs> Even in a darker film such as Indiana Jones and the Temple of Death, Selleck's legendary eyebrow waggle lightened the mood whilst he and Willie... A young Sharon Stone and Short Round, portrayed by Nobu Adulman, were on the run from an evil, fuggy cult. Of course, without Selleck, we wouldn't have had James Garner as the cantankerous Henry Jones Sr. in The Last Crusade, earning Garner a Golden Globe nomination. <laughs> it was a long time before Selleck picked up the bullwhip again, choosing to pursue other projects such as The Fugitive, where he shaved off his trademark moustache, and of course, Air Force One, facing off against a group of terrorists led by John Malkovich. <laughs> We can only hope that lessons were learned from the missteps of the most recent instalments, Indiana Jones and the Saucer Men from Mars, and we'll never again see Catherine Zeta-Jones as a Russian spy or Jai Courtney as Indy's long-lost son. (laughs) But of course, with the untitled Indiana Jones 5 on the horizon, a lot of people have, have expressed enthusiasm but questioned whether or not Tom is too old to play the role again. But hey, if Christopher Walken can reprise his role as Han Solo... Anyone can. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Mm. Uh, so All based on uh, alternate castings that almost happen. Yes, yes. There are 
In fact, that's the very next round we're going to play, Jeff. You've mm-hmm. used half my question. That's great. <laughs> I, I, I did offer to show this to you. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I did my homework too well. <laughs> I did it again. Um, okay, so I have to uh, give out some points for uh, who was better prepared for the homework round, who put in the most work, and who put in the most thought. Oh, what? <laughs> So, what uh, if I start saying Negan quotes in a valley girl voice? Go for it. Okay. I just slid my dick down your throat and you thanked me for it. <laughs> That's an actual quote from Negan. Okay. So I get a point? I'll give you both points for that. Yes. Like you're giving both of us points. Yep. I don't understand Karen, how the show works. Karen, Karen knows how many points to give out. That's fine. Eeny, meeny, money, She just mo. had ten fingers and said five. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was five each. So, uh, as... This is, this is making great audio, I'll tell you. <laughs> All right, just a little, little pause for me to edit this. And... <laughs> There's no editing that. Okay. So, as Jeff alluded to, uh, there are a lot of uh, actors who were uh, offered roles and turned them down or uh, gave were given roles and then... Uh, were uh, lost the roles for various reasons. So I am going to describe to you uh, a, a film and a role in that film. You are going to tell me who was originally cast or offered the role and turned it down. So let's start with The Terminator from 1984. Lance Hendrickson. Yep. Uh, someone else, though. <laughs> okay, like, you've already said that one. Uh, Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> Points to Dan. Thank and- you. <laughs> Still don't understand this game. Lou Ferrigno? Uh, nope, nope. Bill Paxton? Uh, nope. So it was originally offered to Sylvester Stallone mm. and James Cameron's favourite. Uh, uh, James Cameron also wanted O.J. Simpson for it. <laughs> Something oh, came up. Mm. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, so the role of Sonny Corleone in The Godfather. Who was that originally offered to? Was that Robert De Niro? Uh, it wasn't, no. No. So this was, this was an actor who was very hot at the time, but uh, Marlon Brando had uh, veto powers, and he said, uh, hell no, to Burt Reynolds. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Can you imagine? With a thick, lustrous moustache, and then, then he gets an, a, an orangutan, and they have to go on a cross-country trip. <laughs> All right. Who was originally uh, who was originally cast as John McClane in Die Hard? Uh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that would have been something to see. So this was uh, Die Hard was originally written as a sequel to Commando. Oh, so it yeah, was Arnold intended for uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger as John Matrix. Uh, Oh, Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, oh, next up. On, uh, Neo from The Matrix. Will Smith. Uh, yeah, Will Smith. It was actually offered to someone else who turned it down as well. He turned it down to play a supporting role in Magnolia. Oh, Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise, yes. That would have been different. He would have done a lot, of, a lot more running. All of the... Like How many franchises, franchises yeah. they're going to need? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Aragorn in The Lord of the Rings. 
um, Stuart Townsend? It was Stuart yes. Townsend. Yeah, so he actually filmed for four days um, before Peter Jackson decided that he was too young and not sufficiently grizzled. Mm. Uh, Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs. I'm so tentative on pushing my bell it didn't go. <laughs> uh, Sharon Stone. It was Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm. Uh, Gandalf in Lord of the Rings. Patrick Stewart tearing the two of them <laughs> apart. Great. New, new. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Who didn't take great. the role because he didn't understand it, and as a result, he then decided, "Oh, I'll take the next role that's offered to me, even if I don't understand it." Which meant he took the role in *League of Extraordinary Gentlemen* as Alan Quatermain, and it ruined him. It ruined him. There was a quick acting after that. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah he, and uh, he missed out on about a four hundred and fifty million dollar payday since they offered him a fifteen percent stake in the franchise to do it. If only he'd had that book, but he didn't. So in the end, he can only blame his shelf. Okay, fine. <laughs> the role of James Bond in Goldeneye. Uh, someone who took to the action franchises uh, much later in life. Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson, yes. Uh, so he turned the role down, um, but he says he never regretted the decision. Uh, his... Uh, his wife said, she, his then his fiance said that she wouldn't marry him if he played James Bond. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because I know that I know that Pierce Brosnan had to take the role for Goldeneye later because he was originally wanted um, when they ended up casting Timothy Dalton. Pierce Brosnan was up for it, but because he was doing uh, much like the the issues that um, Tom Selleck had with Magnum PI, they wouldn't let him out to do Indiana Jones. Yeah, the producers of Remington Steel. Steel wouldn't let him do James Bond. All right, last one. Who was originally uh, offered the role of Sam Wheat from Ghost? So that's the the ghost character. (laughs) In the movie Ghost. Yeah, in the movie Ghost. Ended up being played by Patrick Swayze. Yeah, Yeah, Patrick Patrick Swayze's character. Patrick Stewart. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been wonderful. Sean Connery. No, uh, no, no. It was originally offered to Paul Hogan. Uh, <laughs> Paul after, Hogan? Yes. He was, he was oh. super hot coming off Crocodile Dundee. Oh, so hot coming off Crocodile Can you imagine? That would be amazing. That's not how you do pottery. That's not a poltergeist. Pottery? It's not a poltergeist. Jeez. Um, so he, he was offered, uh, he was so hot, they were, he had all these offers, so they said, we'll, we'll give you a ghost or almost an angel. Um, and he was like, almost an angel, that's the winner. Mm. Same difference? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Technically true, yeah. yes. Yes. Um, okay. I was, so, I was so hoping you were going to ask about Back to the Future with Eric Stoltz, who was the original Marty McFly. Yeah, yeah we, but he didn't, so... No, yeah, they, no filmed, they filmed no stacks of it, and there are clips on YouTube of him doing it, and he took it so seriously. Yeah, imagine taking it so seriously. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> <laughs> what would that look like? Yeah. Yeah, they also, what would they that wanted, look like? Um, they wanted Johnny Depp for that one. I yeah, he would have been great. Okay, that brings us to the end of whatever round that was. Uh, Karen, can we have an update on the scores? Absolutely. So Roll Like This have 10 points... And Team Hamroll have 16. Whoa. Because the protagonist of uh, my most popular novel is called Tegan. Yay! (laughs) Is she a cheerleader? (laughs) No, but her best friend is. Oh, cool. 
This seems highly arbitrary. <laughs> I'm down with it. I don't think arbitrary is the word. All right, uh, well done, Hamrolls. Give them a round of applause. Do you understand it now? I do. Yeah. Okay, now you understand. I finally get it. Should we do it again? Yeah. Okay, so who was originally offered the role of the Terminator? Tegan. <laughs> I get more points Another if I keep saying points. it. Yeah. All right, let's have the second half of our homework round. Uh, Moata, who, ah. who did you want to recast? Uh, well, so this is a panel show. And uh, I Correct, like, I five like, points. <laughs> hey, um, I like watching panel shows. I've been uh, watching a lot of um, Would I Lie to You? And um, David Mitchell is one of the regulars on that show. And I just like the idea of casting him in a role that's similarly disregard for your fellow humans, which I think is one of David Mitchell's like core properties. Um but instead of it being like a hyper-masculine shoot first, ask questions later, it'd be more like ask all the questions first, let then it become really awkward, like sort of try and repress all the emotions that, that awkwardness brings up and then like maybe go and have a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see him as um, the lead role in Dirty Harry. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm just going to apologise. I haven't actually done... Like, I've done my David Mitchell voice in my head, but I don't actually know what it sounds like out loud yet. So um, just forgive me if this doesn't go exactly right. Um, I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? You're thinking that because you don't know how to do basic maths. What sort of imbecile? <laughs> can't even tell the difference between the number five and the number six. I mean, I shot one of the bullets into you, so that means you only have to count up to five. That's all the fingers on one hand. (laughs) But being that this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful penis substitute in the world, and would blow your head clean off, but please don't read any homoeroticism into that. Stop looking for metaphors, everyone. You've got to ask yourself a question. Do you feel fortunate? (laughs) Well, do you, Chav? (laughs) (laughs) And then he goes and has a cup of tea. You know, I would watch that. I would definitely watch that. Dan. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, went and saw, um, Stephen King's It, uh, at the films recently. Are you um, okay? How are you doing? Pardon me? Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm okay. I had a pretty good time. Um, and I wondered what would happen if, instead of it being written by Stephen King, it was written by Dr. Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear it. So, um, I have a little... <clears throat> the day it was grey and teeming with rain, which flowed down the street and into the drain. And down the road with a leap and a caper, Georgie ran chasing a boat made of paper. Now Derry's a kooky and spooky old town, and down the sewer, there is a clown. <laughs> He's dripping saliva and soaked in raindrops. Mm, hey there, Georgie! Pop, 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 pop! <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you like popcorn and dancing and circus and fun? Do you like lepers that you can't outrun? You know what's down here? Oh, you can't have your boat. I'll bite off your arm. Everything floats. <laughs> Wow, uh, so, so a real study in contrast there. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll give points to uh, both, uh, both stories. Uh, Karen, you know what to do. <laughs> Excellent. making hand gestures again. <laughs> we move on to our next round. This is a round all about the rock and roll lifestyle. Mm. Specifically, the thing that we all aspire to, having a rider. Mm. So uh, I'm going to describe to you a rider... That, uh, or uh, something that uh, a rock star or musician put in their rider, and you're going to try and guess who it was. Okay. Can, just before we go into this, can I describe the one rider that I've had <laughs> when I was uh, like, so I was on a, a motivational speaking tour for s- seven years, and my rider, <laughs> uh, my rider was specifically a changing room that is not a toilet. <laughs> That's Diva. it. <laughs> as, as someone who's done their share of corporate entertainment, that is the dream. Yeah, imagine, that right? That is the dream. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing worse than putting on a pair of pants and having one of the punters like come in and <laughs> nod to you. As- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, who requested an American flag in full view of every audience member? Uh, Bruce Springsteen? Uh, no, it was Johnny Cash. Who needed two boxes of cornstarch and then, in capital letters, very important? Uh, Nine Inch Nails. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Do you know why? Yeah, yeah, because they they used to cover themselves in it so they'd look like these kind of white ash kind of creatures. This on the Lollapalooza tour when they were being opened by the Jim Rose Sideshow. Okay. Who's the nerd now, babe? (laughs) (laughs) Who's the nerd now? All right. Whose 45-page rider insists that uh, her driver is not allowed to talk to or make eye contact with her? Uh, Lady Gaga. It's Katy Katy Perry. Perry. Oh, yes, Jeff, you get it. Yeah. Um, uh, Who asked for a square melon and an Italian leather sofa to eat it off? (laughs) I don't know, but they're awesome. (laughs) Square melon... Axel Rose. Axel Rose. Axel Rose. That jokester. All right, uh, let's see. Um, who asked for uh, the local AA meeting schedules, a submachine gun, a 12 foot boa constrictor, and a jar of grey poupon mustard? Oh. Oh, is, 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 that, is, is that Kiss? Uh, it, crew. it was Motley Crue. Um, once in 1988, frontman Vince Neil found the wrong mustard backstage, oh threw the bottle against the wall, it bounced back and severed an artery in his thumb. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, uh, that mustard hurt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, Martha. Uh, <laughs> hanging out with Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who, whose list of demands include Haribo gummy bears only? And a bald, toothless hooker. <laughs> bald, toothless hooker. Dan Bain. 
<laughs> well, I, I was, I was and looking. One day I'll get it. I was looking meaningfully at Dan Bain because I feel like he might be. No, able to it's get Marilyn Manson. It is Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Dan Bain was the bald <laughs> He's got teeth. Most of them. Um, Aspirational goals, though. Uh, I call, according to his management, this is a joke that Manson includes in the hope of one day meeting one. Uh, all oh, right. Uh, who asked for a wooden pond to be constructed in his backstage area and filled with koi carp? Mm. Backstage pond with koi carp. Someone who likes to meditate. Someone who likes to be calm. Someone who likes. Perhaps koi. someone who needs to be calm. All oh, right. Someone who's angry. Some uh, Eminem. Eminem is correct. Yeah! 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 All right. We got a couple more. 100 snow white goats for slaughter, a halal butcher to slaughter the goats, freezer bag and coolers to preserve the goat meat, and four yoga ball chairs. Oh. <laughs> Lady Gaga, she needs a new dress. Nope, nope, nope. So many dead goats. Yeah, yeah. Brings the, 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 the band name kind of into a kind of a literal sense. Uh, goat slaughterer. <laughs> Slayer. Slayer, yes. Mm. Um, goat slayer. Not goat slayer, just oh. slayer. <laughs> Although, I, I didn't realise you'd, le- you'd heard my new band, Goat Slayer. Um, okay, who in their rider asked for one monitor man who speaks English and is not afraid of death? <laughs> Trick question, they all do. <laughs> Mariah Carey. <laughs> uh, that was Iggy and the Stooges. Uh-huh. Um, also from the... So a lot of these writers are very, very kind of pedantic and specific. But this writer goes on, You know what would be really nice? If you could make the ro- this room look less like a typical rock and roll dressing room and more of a... You know, interesting? Are you with me? Just let someone loose with a little bit of flair. Uh, do you know any homosexuals? <laughs> ah, they real woke. <laughs> they also requested seven dwarves dressed up like those dwarves from that marvellous Walt Disney film. Okay. So that was again the Stooges. Right. And that brings us to the end of wow. our rock and roll oh. lifestyle I, round. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. I have some other I have some other fun writer things. Um Mariah Carey um requests like multiple white doves um for her rider. And the Foo Fighters in their writer book, they supply their rider as a colouring in book that they give to the thing so that there are activities and stuff for the people to do while they're reading it about what they need. It's actually a, a really fun time. So uh, can, I, can I add another writer-based fact? Do you want to add a writer to this? Go ahead. Yeah, I would like you to add a writer to this. Um, a lot of the... So obviously some of these are just like rock star indulgences, but a lot of them have like really... That kind of one of like... I, the brownie I only want brownie one. M&Ms is to make sure that people have actually read the writer um, because along with the backstage kind of things, there's all their... Musical and sound kind of setups, so we need these types of amps and this type of setup, etc., etc., etc. So some of the things, obviously, you know, if you haven't got your seven dwarfs, can you trust that you've got martial amps? Is I guess <laughs> is that, as the old saying goes. As the old saying goes, <laughs> they wouldn't um, be happy. Yes. Mm. Uh, all right. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for those additional facts. 
Karen, an update on the scores. Absolutely. I've also got a really depressing gummy bear effect for you. You ready for this? Oh, no, it's not that one, is it? It is that one. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, unfortunately, it turns out that Haribo gummy bears are uh, most likely produced by slave labour in Venezuela. That's why Marilyn Manson wants them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's grim. the suffering. Oh. Wow. And the scores? And the scores are <laughs> roll like us. this. Sorry? Has 13 points. Mm. That's us. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Team Hamroll has minus five because I found it terrifying as a child. So oh. did I. <laughs> as a child? Yeah, I'm cool with it. I did rhymings and everything. Yeah, but it's freaky. Okay, well, that's a dramatic change. I think if you'd replaced Pennywise with Mike Myers as the cat in the hat, you probably would have been much scarier. Called them Tegan, that would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now in the lead, it's how many nerds? Mm. Give them a round of applause. Okay, we now move into the role-playing section of the evening. Oh, yeah. Um, yep, you've got your 20-sided dice ready. Uh, so I have gone into the uh, the... Early uh, monster manuals from first edition Dungeons and Dragons. First edition. First edition Dungeons yes. and Dragons, when Gary Gygax was really scraping the bottom of the barrel yeah. for um, threats and challenges for uh, his characters. So I want you to imagine now that you are four adventurers, you've entered into a dungeon. I'm going to present some challenges and you're going to tell me what you do and we're going to see if you manage to survive. So, first of all, I need you all to roll for initiative. So if you can roll the, that 20-sided dice and tell me the number. Oh, good roll. 11. 11 for Dan? Yeah. 18. 18, 18. for Marta. I, I, want you, I want this individually. Oh, right. oh, okay. oh that was right. Kathleen. I rolled. He just said the number. Okay. But if I Kathleen. roll a bigger number, can nope. I have that? Nope. Okay. <laughs> I got 15. 15 for Jeff. I got 13, but I got plus 3 because I've got 18 dexterity. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so 16 for Dan. Yeah, um, that, in that case, no. I, in that case, I'm, I'm on, in that case, I'm on 12. Uh, never used dexterity as a dump stat. Okay, so uh, you you enter the room, and in front of you, you see a bowl. <laughs> wait, I'll wait, check for traps. Wait, 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 wait. You see a bowl, a treasure chest, a spade, and a large cushion. <laughs> I check for traps. What do you do? Don't let Jeff check for traps. He's got low dexterity. You've got low dexterity. First yeah, of but all. I've got night vision. <laughs> no. Or low light vision, sorry. Mwata, you, you go first. You okay. need to... Can you say the things again? Sure. You see a bowl, a treasure chest, a spade, and a large cushion. I, I haven't played this before. So what so am you I going to do? You I just, just tell like... me what you want to do. Am I allowed to, like... Do I just have to choose one of the things? Well, you, yep. Can I have the spade, please? You grab the spade? Yeah. Okay, interesting. I'll make a note of that. You, you have grabbed the bountiful spade. Characters who use this enchanted farm implement to turn over the earth prior to planting a field receive plus three bonus on their agricultural proficiency check for that year. Nice. That's awesome. That is an actual item yep. from Dungeons & Dragons. Yep. All right, Dan. What do you do? I hide in shadows. <laughs> Are you sure? Yep. Okay. Should I roll to see if I succeed? You fail. What do you do? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I, um, I sit on the cushion. You sit on the cushion. <laughs> oh. You. Wait a second. Um, 
you have sat on a cushion fungus. Oh no! I knew oh, I, the I, cushion I've got fungus. Low, I've got low wisdom. Yeah. Cushion I, bum I, now. Oh, fungus bum. A cushion oh. fungus takes joy and turns it into fear by being a poisonous body pillow with murder on its mind. <laughs> You're devoured by the cushion fungus. I'm devoured. <laughs> this game is awesome. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Yep. Um, I will go over to the treasure chest. And I will, uh, I, I will, I will, I, I've, I've already checked the traps. Yep. So, yep, I will, I will open the treasure chest. But you've already said you had low dexterity. Yep. Um, of course, it's a mimic. Yep. The mimic's skin is adhesive. You stick to it, and then it sprouts a pseudopod, which bludgeons you to death. Ah, <laughs> again? <laughs> Kathleen. Can I lick the bowl? <laughs> Yes, unfortunately, it's a bowl of watery death. Oh, oh. why did I lick it? Anyone who puts water into this bowl, including saliva, no! gets shrunk to the size of a small ant and falls into the bowl. You drown yeah. in your own saliva. Oh my god, that's oh, how man. I knew I would go. It's just like that old gypsy lady <laughs> it's said. It's just like she said. All right, yeah, you managed to cast spells of resurrection. Yes. Yes. Am I still really tiny? <laughs> Because that could be in a bathroom. Okay, you're still tiny. Actually, if you bury us, then you'll get really good crops. You st- <laughs> That's true. You stumble yeah. through the door. In the middle of the next room is a rug on the floor. Next to the rug is a small armadillo with a ruby set in its forehead. <gasps> next to that is a magical bag. And then in the corner, a sheet is folded. Okay, nobody mess with the armadillo. And also, this room has a ceiling, which I mentioned for no particular reason. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, what do you do? Moita. I probably just watch the next episode because this sounds like the recent um, season of Twin Peaks to me. <laughs> this will be equally frustrating. Oh, God. Uh, it's, it's an armadillo yes, with a Yes, it's an armadillo with a ruby in its forehead. And there's a, a rug, there's a magical bag, and there's a sheet and a ceiling. Okay, Jeff. Uh, okay, I will use Mage Hand. Why, hey, hang on, hang on. You can wait, wait, wait a second. I've got higher decks than I rolled higher right. initiative. Oh, I haven't had my go All right, Maita, go ahead. Give go me the ahead. sheet. You take the sheet? I'm just going to wrap it around my head like a oh, awesome you just, It's a sheet thing. phantom. Oh, fucking sheet phantom. Why, it's special Why? attack is suffo- suffocation. Oh, you just made it so easy. It's a chaotic evil sheet. I was feeling tired sheet. anyway. Okay. Uh, Dan. Um, I mess with the uh, armadillo. Oh. You mess with it? Okay. No. I try and pull it's... the ruby out of its forehead. <laughs> I could have used mage hand on it. Wait a second. It puts up no resistance. Yes. And wills itself to die. <laughs> you are no. left with a ruby. <laughs> it was a carbuncle. Here we go. That's, it's a creature with the ability to will itself to die. <laughs> what a great I wish power I had to have. Um, well, <laughs> um, first edition D and D was really dealing with Gary Gygax's personal stuff, wasn't it? Okay, uh, so we've got rug. the rug, rug um, the magical bag, and the ceiling. Okay, be careful of the ceiling. Who's next? Uh, it's you, Jeff. Okay, um, I'm not. If I go on the rug, I'm just worried that it's going to try and fly and crush me into the ceiling because it'll oh, be a magic carpet. So um, I will take the bag. I'll point it at Kathleen, and I'll, no, actually, I'll point it at Dan, and I'll open it. I'll point the magical bag. Okay, so you're, you're opening it. 
Yes. It, it's a bag of devouring, so it devours your fingers that you've put inside the opening to, um, to hold it open. No, 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 no. I'm no. opening the bag. Yeah, like, it's, I'm pulling... o- it's opening. It's is it opening. a drawstring bag, or is it what? No, no. Sorry, Jeff, you've lost your fingers. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, and Kathleen. Hello. Um, I would like to roll myself up in the carpet. <laughs> like in the cartoons. Um, it's um, it's just a rug, so well done. Yeah, uh, I'm having a nice time. Okay, so you've got no fingers, Jeff. Yeah, you've got a ruby. Yes. You're in a rug, and, and um, you've been suffocated by a sheet. That's <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, oh, can I free action? Can I pick tiny Kathleen up and place her in my ear so she can tell me secrets? Okay. Yes. You go into I'm the. I'm in a rug. I can't get in your ear. Yeah. Well, we go into the next room. Oh, you go okay. in the next room. There's a, a tree stump. Sitting on the tree stump is a rabbit. Okay. What do you do? Well, I've got stumps now as well, <laughs> so I feel a kinship with the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna. Well, it's still not your turn. Yeah, no. Moata's corpse. What do you do? So there's just a rabbit sitting on a tree stump. On a tree stump. Yes. Cute. I'm going to pet the rabbit. Okay, as you walk over, you're eaten by the floor because the floor is a trapper. Oh. It's an Stupid. animal that looks like a floor. And Stupid it lives floor. On the bottom of the floor. Stupid floor. Fucking <laughs> floor everywhere. Okay, uh, so now it's uh, yours, Dan. Uh, I, th- okay, like I. Uh, like, can I. Uh, has Moata filled up the thing's mouth? Well, do you want to skirt around it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I want, to, I want to skirt around. You're it. eaten by the wall. It was a. <laughs> it was a. It was a stun jelly, which um, attaches itself to walls and it grabs people who try and walk past the wall. So, okay. that's that's tough. That's a tough break. Okay. Does Kathleen fall out of my ear, or does she get eaten as well? Yeah, Kathleen falls out of your ear. Okay. Um, now it's your turn, Jeff. Okay, um, I'm going to um, I'm going to try and talk to the rabbit. Okay, um, the the rabbit starts capering in a, 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 a enticing way. I will reserve my action until the end of the round. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, what, what do you do? So, like right now, there's a bunny running at Jeff. No, it's capering. No, it's on dancing the tree stump. on the top of the tree stump. Oh, okay. Can I go dance with the bunny? I'll you jump. You absolutely can. I'll jump onto the tree stump. And yeah, dance. you get eaten by the tree stump. Oh. <laughs> it, was a, it was a wolf in sheep's clothing, which uh, tri- it tricks animals into sitting on it so that oh. other, and other people will come near it and get eaten. Mm. Oh, so works. I will leave the room. <laughs> Good choice. Oh, yeah. mm. Okay, final challenge here. Uh, in front of you are three doors. Mm-hmm. The name of a monster is on each door. You have to choose one to confront. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you take on the Gallon, the Cat Lord, the El Mirage, or the Moon Rats? <gasps> do I still have the Bag of Devouring? It's a four doors. and he, Well, he said three doors, but he said four things. I think I, think I said four doors. He said no, he said three. three. You approach four doors. <laughs> on each of the doors are the name of a different monster. Yeah. You have to decide. Uh, so, Moata, you get first pick. Well, I'm a librarian, so I've got to go with Cat Lord. Cat Lord. The cat, you have to do battle with the Cat Lord. He can summon 1,000 domestic cats. <laughs> That's cool. Living I like dream. cats. Hey, okay, so that, that, I guess that ended well for you. <laughs> Dan. What's, um, 
So there's the Gallon, yep. the El Mirage, or the Moon Rats. I hope that I like Mexican food. I'll have El Mirage. El Mirage. You open the door and you see a bunny rabbit with a unicorn horn. Sounds good. <gasps> it, it stabs you. Oh, <laughs> oh that's bad. But bad. it's a small rabbit with a unicorn horn, so it does one d four damage. Yes, it's the same as a dagger. It, mm. it, yes, correct points. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, uh, how do you deal with that? Uh, I, I cast Cure Light Wounds. Well done, uh, Jeff. Okay, I will. I will see the moon rats. The moon rats, and okay. I'll have the bag of devouring ready to catch them in it. Okay, you, you, I'm not gonna open. I'm not gonna open it with my fingers inside the, the thing sides. from the sides. Yeah. You've got no fingers. I've got no fingers. <laughs> yeah. What, you gonna open it with your mouth? Put it with your mouth. Put your mouth in it, Jeff. I'll Put use mage remnants of hands. Mage stubs. Mage stubs. <laughs> okay, you open the door. You see a bunch of rats. Yeah. Now it turns out that these rats. Gain fierce intelligence when there's, there's a full moon, but it's not a full moon, so yes, just a bunch of rats. Can I? Can I? I'll lead the. I'll, I'll, I'll draw attention to the thousands of cats and get the cats to eat the rats. Ah, oh, very clever. Yeah, um, I've that, got high intelligence but low dexterity. <laughs> Even lower now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kathleen, that leaves you to face the gallon uh, or a cursed cold one. It's a creature that can only live in the desert because it is constantly freezing into a block of ice. And so if it's not in very hot conditions, it just turns into a block of ice. So it's a block of ice. What do you do? Don't lick it. (laughs) Are you still tiny? I think I'm still tiny. You're still tiny. tiny. So I'll still have a tongue. That's true. (laughs) I'm allowed to lick things still. Don't lick it. Um... (laughs) <laughs> All you have to do is not lick it If the cats start rubbing around it It'll thaw it out oh, um, Okay I'll lick it <laughs> oh, It freezes you with its frigid gaze God damn it You're a very small ice cube There's no... oh, Ladies just because a guy I'm... says you should lick it Doesn't mean you should lick it yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a thing too. Kathleen can't resist a gallon. I also feel like anyone who's been on Grinder knows there's no such thing as frigid gaze. (laughs) (laughs) That brings us to the end of our Dungeons and Dragons round. Uh, A round of applause for both our heroes. (laughs) All of our heroes. All of of our heroes. (laughs) Anyone, um, Anyone level up? Do we want to distribute XP? What's the. Well, it's, it's up to Karen to distribute the points for that round and declare our winner for this competition. Actually, you know what? Uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get the audience to judge which team of adventurers did the better job of exploring the, the, this dungeon. Um, I'm, giving, I'm giving myself the thumbs up because that's all I can do. All right. Uh, so please applaud if you think Hamroll did the best uh, dungeoneering. <laughs> or did you think how many ro- how many nerds did the best dungeoneering? All right, Karen, you heard those uh, that applause, so now you know who won. Well, that scored a critical hit with me. So before the audience, both teams had twenty. However, with the applause. We got a plus three for Team Ham Roll. Mm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ham Roll, you're our winner! 
All right, that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, just a quick note. Uh, next month, we are delaying our episode uh, by two weeks so that we can do our Star Wars special oh. on the night of the Star Wars uh, screening. So we're going to do, uh, do our Star Wars special on, what is it, the 13th? Yeah, Wednesday the 13th. And then we're all going to go and watch the Midnight Screaming. Screaming. Oh, Screaming! <laughs> there will be Screaming. Yeah, no, based on the experience of The Force Awakens, there will be Screaming. Um, so uh, you're welcome to join us for either or both. Uh, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you very much and good night! <laughs> Thank you.